Welcome, everyone. You were listening to and perhaps watching Hot Sauce Sports. That smile from my co-host Terry Tam is the look of surprise whenever I get one of these introductions right. Um, we haven't been in studio for a little while now because of lockdown regulations in our area. Um, th- many of you uh, have decided to uh, keep referencing the terrible camera angle that I was using. Um, congratulations, I'm not in studio, I'm in my house, and my producer refuses to come set it up for me uh, because of... I was there last week! I dropped off Christmas presents when you weren't home! Public health! You see, you only come by when I'm not home, though. Thank you, by the way, Eagle, it was very much appreciated. You got to try out my futuristic lock where I can let you in from a distance. Um, I let Eagle do my house remotely, Terry. It was a bit of a terrifying idea because I was like... Did I write anything terrible about him and leave it around? Like Yeah, like just on a paper. I hate yeah, him. Like, He's a piece of shit. You eagle, and then like, you know. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, no, but the thing is, it, w- it wouldn't be out of the ordinary. Yeah. That's true. It would just be a you know regular day. And, yeah. and it was all but regular this past Christmas. Um, I, I, I want to ask you guys a little bit about how your quarantine Christmas was before we get into our show today. Um, and this is our last show of the year, last show of what is, I mean, I think it's undisputable. This has been the most challenging year for every single person, not only with, you know, in hot sauce sports, but in the world, <laughs> right? Just with the amount of things going on. Um, yeah, it, it's, it, we're going to celebrate, we're going to celebrate how absolute shit this year was. Uh, while I'm kind of annoyed by seeing all the memes and stuff. I said, you know what? Let's just do it. Let's just sink into the, the, the terribleness. But how was your lockdown Christmas, Terry? Uh, my lockdown Christmas was no other than any other Christmas. We may or may not have gone together and eaten. Right, I see. <laughs> I will neither confirm or deny these allegations. We, 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 that we did the absolute lockdown thing. Um, my parents came by just to exchange gifts outside and have a glass of Prosecco. Um, I, I think I mentioned on the show before, my mom and my grandmother are both immune compromised. So like we're above careful. Um, we have to be, it's, it's just, you know, it, they're more at risk than, than most people. So, uh, we need to be careful for their sakes. Um, but it, it was interesting. One of the things that I noticed was I didn't make less food. I then just had to deliver a lot of food around the city to family members who couldn't be at my home for Christmas. That's we usually have about 30 people over at my Christmas party. You don't host. You make the same amount of food. And you mm-hmm. probably had the same amount of dishes to, to wash after. Oh, 100%. Dude, the, the, it took us <laughs> about four hours to clean the kitchen the next day. And I was just like, but it was just we're just three people in my home. Like Four hours? What do you do? Uh, dude, I, I, made, I made a full leg of pork. Um, the, it was 22 pounds of pork, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I did that. I did seafood salad. It was a five course. It was a five course meal. Uh, everything prepared from scratch, from sauces to to uh, desserts. Everything uh, absolutely top to bottom. See, you do you do Christmas, you do Christmas and the holidays properly. I mean, you, you get innovative in the kitchen. And as much as I like like the old style, I hate turkey. Like I don't even like turkey. I think it's the worst animal to eat. You gotta it's, come over next Thanksgiving. I, I'll, it's I'll, so I'll fix dry. Your You're gonna be like, my God, peas! Your turkey is the moistest thing I've ever tasted. <laughs> I wish vaginas were as moist as your turkey. So, so I like, I like the dinner. The, the my uncle usually cooks. My uncle and my aunt. So like, I like what they cook, but it's just it gets to a point where it's like, what's different here? It's always the same thing over and over again. I mean, I I want to be innovative. You know, yeah. maybe throw maybe throw a little pork in there. Maybe throw. 
Uh, I don't know. Some burgers, some sliders. I don't know. What's cool? What's cool for us, for us is like we're Italian and and my my wife is Colombian, so we we get to mix a lot of our traditions, and it it kind of uh, gets the depth of dishes out. So like you're still doing something traditional, but it's different to you know, let's say when I brought the pork over to my family, that was like yeah. a, a Colombian style pork leg. They never had it that way. For us, that cut is only for prosciutto. Uh, <laughs> you know, so like it's uh it's kind of cool that way. And then similarly, their family is just like, what do you mean a salad with seven fish in it? Well, that's a big thing for us. Seven you know? fish? How many? Fish? Yeah. There's only six fish in the world. Um, yeah, I thought so too. I thought so too. <laughs> but then I I added cuttlefish. So. What's a cuttlefish? Do you have to like hug it before it's the you? Cutest one. It's the cutest one. It's the cutest one. Okay, cool. It's like a cutfish with tastier. It's how was your uh, your uh, Quarantine Christmas. Oh, and our eagle said something, and I want to hear. Oh, sorry. Him. Yeah, it's like a cuckfish, but different. <laughs> it is. It is. It's eagle, it's, you cuck would be the cuttlefish. Okay, if you were a fish, what kind of fish would you be? Um, during the holidays, those actually no, I, I would be exactly this fish because during the holidays and after holidays, I'm basically the same person. I'm the blowfish, so I I inflate at different times of the year and then deflate, and like every time you see me, I'm a different weight, so I'm I'm absolutely a blowfish. And you're also full of poison, so nobody can it's fuck with true. you. It's true, venom and poison. What would your what would Duke? What kind of fish would Duke be? Duke is an absolute lobster because it, anytime he gets any That's sun not a fish. What? That's not a fish. That's a crustacean. Okay, fine. Oh, fuck. Eagle and his technicalities. Redness. There's fish inside of a lobster, though. What would Alex the intern fish be? What's the most annoying fish? Um, oh, oh. If you're a fisherman, you know this. Rock bass. Rock bass taste like absolute garbage. They're useless and they bite everything. If you're fishing with like worms or anything that's like a organic matter, you're gonna you're gonna catch a thousand rock bass. You're gonna throw them all back, and they're gonna eat up all of your worms. Like you you will have spent twenty dollars on worms and they're all gone. I was gonna go yeah. with tilapia because he's a bottom feeder. Mm, not bad. Whoa. Not bad. Tilapia is a good what, one. Eeg's. What, what fish are you? I think Eeg's a cuttlefish. He's cute. I was gonna yeah, go with uh, I was gonna go with a big tuna. No, uh, I was gonna I'm take master. Big tuna. No, fuck you. I'm taking tuna. That's why you Eagle. asked me the question because I can steal your shit. See, I'm a tuna already, dominating the waters. <laughs> dominating the waters. Well, because if you've seen the big tuna between his legs, you'd know. I, I think I'd be I think I'd be a cod because I'm fluffy and very tasty. Mm. We do deep fried cod. It's a big thing for us. Oh, I try so, that. I do cod we salad too. Them. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, not cob. Cod. Cod. Durka durka. What's a cob? There's a cob salad. That there is. Um, not entirely <laughs> relevant to what we're talking about, but perhaps something we'll talk about in the news. <laughs> Imagine all our news is about fish. We should do that in a bit. Pick a, pick a, pick a storyline and just do all our news based on that. Like, like how it affects fish, <laughs> or like traffic jams, and then we just do a whole episode on different traffic jams from different cities and how they affected. If the traffic jams, if traffic behaved like fish in school swimming through the water, there'd be no traffic. Have traffic. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We just we're dumber than fish. How do we get to this point? Traffic has always started by one idiot that slams his brakes. Yeah, Terry. Mm-hmm. Stop forgetting about filling in your car and losing gas on the highway. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. That's a good point, Eagle. I hope my, hope my girlfriend doesn't hear you say that. <laughs> I ran out of gas four times this year. That's cr- it's never this happened year? to me in my life. This year? This year. It's the fir- first time ever in my life. It's, but you it's did it four times. Because 
Eagle always keeps the tank full, and so he always gets me where I'm going. <laughs> no, it's because my uh, my I got a new car this year, and it's a massive SUV. And I used to have cars where it's like you know your distances, but I hadn't learned the distances in a while. And there's there's twice where I was actually on my way to the gas station. There was one time I was on my way to golf, and I and I, as I'm I'm on the 15, I'm going like an hour north. And I'm looking, and I look at my gas tank. I'm like, oh fuck! So I get as I'm getting off the highway, I ran out of gas. And then as soon as I called the guys that I was playing golf with, they blew right by me. I was like, you guys got to get off, get gas, bring it back. So they gave me ten bucks of gas. I went, I filled it up, and I got to the golf. T- I got to my tea time. Teamwork. Did they, did they rip off you guys with the? Because uh, often when they make you buy the 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 can, the gas can. Well, they had to because they didn't like have thirty bucks. Gas. No, what? it's it's like ten bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, um, I think that's a good appropriate time for me to tell you, uh, ah, Terry, it's the news. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm never going to forget because it's the only thing I have in my notes. Um, Do you so actually was... put it in there? Uh, no, I don't. Oh. <laughs> you can see it. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you had separate notes. I do, though. But, yeah, I don't put that. Um, the the Bucks gave us um, – a holiday beatdown. I kind of liked, by the way, having a Christmas game this year. But we'll talk about that in, in just a sec. But um, the the first game I could think of while writing up the script was Bucks beating up on Lions. The Lions uh, had basically no coaches because everything, uh, the, the, their entire staff was affected by COVID um, and, you know, contact tracing and all that. And it made me realize how many times you listen to like local sports media and people talk, call in and talk about how, you know, they could do a better job as the coach. This is what it looked like. If like someone won a contest to be the coach of the Detroit lions and it makes you realize how bad they've been. Yep. If uh, the, uh, the annoying Detroit lions fans got their way, they could be much, much worse. I love how you say you won a contest to be the Detroit lions. I feel like it's more of a prison sentence to be the coach of the Detroit lions. And, uh, it's just, they're becoming irrelevant. You know, it used to be where the Detroit Lions were like, oh, okay, you know what? They play tough. They've always had a good D. You know, they're... Yeah, Matt Stafford, he's, he's, you know, he's yeah. a quarterback. Yeah, he's grindier. He's a grinder. You know, like, he's he's entertaining. Like, he dislocates his shoulder, still plays. You know, like, there's all these weird storylines. Barry Sanders, like, they have a good history. But it's gone to the point now, and I think Matt Patricia did it to them, where they became, like, completely irrelevant. And I don't think anybody cares about the Lions, no matter if they win a game or not. Oh, Whoa. look at this surprise. This isn't Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> Says you. What's up, boys? What's going on? What talking we're, about? we're talking about how bad the Lions are. Wow. You guys really have nothing else to talk about, eh? So that's what I was just saying, how irrelevant they've become. And that, that, irrelevant? We, we, yeah, well, we, they've been irrelevant for a long time. It's kind of no. sucks for Stafford, though. Well, that's that's what Pease was saying, but that's the thing I'm saying is that they were they were a team that you know they always had a good D, you know they were kind of tough to play against. They were entertaining to like they it was always like if you looked at them on your pick them and you're like ah you know the Lions might be able to show up this week, but nobody says that anymore about the Lions. For anyone just- wondering who the random voice is, we are joined by Duke, the graphic designer. Thanks, Pease, for introducing What's up, him. Boys, well, I didn't get a chance to speak because of these two idiots. <laughs> What's up, boys? What do you want? How's it going? How's it going? Last one of the year. Last one of the year, Duke, Duke is on. I mean, we should have got everybody on for this one. Yeah, but I mean, this is basically everyone, so let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, the the the. Uh, I mean, just it was one of those games where it's perfect because 
Um, you know, if you want to take a, ma- a nap at halftime, wake up with about five minutes left and see that the Bucks are still beating up on on the Lions, it's a good spot to be in. One thing that was that was interesting to me was at one point it came up that this was the first time the Bucks made it to the playoffs since 2007, and the first time the the Patriots don't make it to the playoffs since 2006, and it makes you realize, man, so Tom Brady can really just turn around and franchise in like a second, right? Because like. Well, we don't think the Bucks as a shitty team because they even like with, with the Jamie Winston news, they were at least fun to watch and there's a lot of talent and they just, I guess, never made it to the playoffs, which I didn't realize. The thing is, is that, okay, we're going to, are we going to jump into the Bilicek Brady comparison now? Sure. So yeah. So Brady turned around that franchise. Yeah. Their offense is great. All that stuff. But yeah, he did, he did things. He did something that the, we we didn't think. I didn't think the Bucks were going to make the playoffs this year. I also th- I also thought the season could be completely different. So I thought the Saints would have a much better season, but Drew Brees going down, all that shit. But if I look, at, I can't just say that Brady was the reason why they were so successful. But I can say that he was a major part of why Belichick was able to game plan so so well. So. Like, n- nothing is as simple as it's it's X or it's Y, but the the thing is, like it's it seems weird that people always want to uh, cast doubt upon the greatest quarterback of all time. Sure, Belichick did the great coach thing of putting him in positions for success, but that's what you want from a coach. That should be the the baseline of what you want for your coach, and and it doesn't like it doesn't mean Brady would have been Brady would never have been terrible. Because he's, if not the greatest of all time, one of the greatest of all time. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it definitely helps, but but it, it's not like he would have been a terrible quarterback without it. Maybe he ends up in Aaron Rodgers' situation where he's not surrounded and he wins a championship or two and it's not the six, but whatever. He's still going to be one of the greatest we've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no, I think he's gonna. he's the greatest we've ever seen. Um, but I want to talk about a, a more interesting quarterback situation. And this is one I think Duke can weigh in on uh, very heavily. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins, um, he gets cut from the Washington football team. But I don't know if this is if this is appropriate because I, w- I was just assuming, and, I, and the way we ended the show last week was, I said, well, you know, the strippers are probably just in this bubble. That's a good point. <laughs> um, okay, so the way I look at it is kind of like this. It kind of gave uh, Washington an out. Uh, gave them uh, an excuse. It was a poor excuse. I, I don't see, I, I don't feel like it's okay to be cutting a guy for making a mistake. Um, I think that sometimes, uh, you know, young quarterbacks, they tend to be on like a really, really like thin, uh, thin rope, I guess, with, 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 with management. And I also never felt like, um, like Ron Rivera really wanted him as his quarterback. Um, that being said, I still think Dwayne Haskins has a lot of talent. I, I still think that in the right system, he can be good. The thing I do have to say though, and, um, after hearing Booger McFarland kind of rip him to shreds um, on ESPN recently, um, you know, there are some things I feel like he needs to learn from it. I think it's completely irresponsible in this time to be doing things like that. Um, but that being said, he's a young player. He's going to make mistakes. Um, just that there's a lot on the line for the NFL right now. You know, I mean, not to sound like Tom Cruise and start yelling at everybody about it, but like a lot of livelihoods are on the line. I mean, this, if he gets COVID, brings him to the team, you know, it can really send the whole team into a pitfall, especially when there's a playoffs of line. So, um, well, not totally happy. One, one Tom Cruise is right. 
because he's, he's like 70 years old and he's got a limited window to make Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. You can't be having NFL-level delays if you're filming Mission Impossible. Don't right. don't take Mission Impossible away from me. We need more don't, of it, don't. not less of it. So I'm with... You took away going. James Bond, you know? Yeah, but, but with, with, uh, with regards to uh, Dwayne Haskins, the thing is, is that, look... It, it, I, I have actually, actually haven't been able to find the information as to whether or not they can actually void his contract for this. The NFL is a bit more secretive with the contract terms than you know, the NBA is, for example. Uh, so I would suspect that part of it was a financial incentive because they know yeah. they're not bringing him back next year. Well, they're trying um, to not pay, right? They're trying to not pay his guaranteed money. Yeah. I, if, if Look, what's probably going to happen is uh, they're going to try and void it. He's going to say no. And then they're going to go to court and settle an amount that's going to be somewhere in between what they owed him and the zero dollars they want to pay him. What, what the, the problem is that they, they okay yeah they're trying to not pay him. It's just a business. They want to keep the money for something else. I get that, but it's it's too we're too quick to judge the player where this kid's twenty two years old, twenty three, yeah, twenty two, twenty two years old, and he's put in a situation where he's a multimillionaire and he's never really been able to have fun because in college he didn't have any money. Growing up, he wasn't a millionaire, and he's being led. So he's throwing into triple coverage. I'd say yeah, that's sixty percent. Wait, are you talking? Are we still talking about that at the strip club? No, I'm talking about Haskins. Now. <laughs> I, think, I think that was also the case at the strip. There club. was a triple a triple coverage in the strip club as well. No, but his 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 quarterback coach is Ken Zampezi. Yeah. There has to be a, there's there's some sort of development that needs to happen there, and P's frozen oh. again. Yeah, I listen. As long as you can get my voice, you, you, this is my face. This is so who you, I am. Lovely. So, the thing is, is that, you know, that we're giving has, we're giving these guys these right. these these elite talents, and uh, we're we're blaming them for not performing well on the field. But reality, we have to blame the coaches because but this kid was really, coached up until now. Do you really think this is only a professional play problem? Because I think it's more than that. I think it comes down to the the fact that Rivera is trying to rebuild this team and set a foundation and a way he wants his players to uh, perform on the field, sure, but also in the locker room and everything else. He was a shit teammate when Alex Smith took over his QB and everything. He would not sit by now, uh, near him trying to learn stuff. That's questions the way you see, for example, Tua doing with uh, Fitzmagic. He would just kind of mope and gloat by himself on the bench, talk to his friends, blah, blah, blah. He, uh, obviously the strip club thing and the whole stuff, which honestly... I'm totally fine with it. Like, well, the the mask thing is stupid, but otherwise it's fine. But then the other one is, you know, he gets pulled in the last game, doesn't go see the media, which contractually he's expected to, right? So I'm sure at, at one point Rivera goes, fuck this. Why am I wasting my time on this guy when I can get someone else just as talented who's going to actually listen and try and respect the system? But he, so like to Eagle's point, um, the, the reason why the strip club's a bigger deal here than it is even in most other teams is a couple reasons. One is that Ron Rivera has recently recovered from cancer yep. or is in recovery from, from, from his cancer treatments. Um, so he's at higher risk uh, from, from contracting the, the, the COVID-19 virus. The other thing is, is that he's already gotten into trouble with strippers before and was warned by the team. So it's like, yeah. it's not like it's without, it's not, it's not like he got fired because he made a mistake. Yes, he made a mistake, but then he chose to make the same mistake a second time. And here's the other thing. You're not James Harden. James Harden can get away with going to strip clubs. Why? Because he's yeah. an MVP caliber player. Dwayne Haskins throws in triple coverage, both in the strip club and on the field. <laughs> um, so Haskins is actually saying he wasn't at a strip club. He maintains that he was at a private birthday event with his girlfriend. 
Yeah. Oh. I mean, I mean, okay. I mean, private birthday event at a strip club. Yeah, people go to private yeah. birthday events with their girlfriends at strip clubs. So he should have said that. He should have just said that. Well, he did that say I, that, but no, that I was at a strip club it. with my girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it would have yeah, been. He would have been. He would have been given a little leeway because then it, now it seems like he's partying with like ten strippers, and you know he's going nuts and whatever. If he just said I was with them, I was with my girlfriend at a strip club, then nobody can say anything. I mean, I, mean, I, I think there's still issues that. I think there's still issues that uh, again, at least violates the spirit of the quarantine, if not violates the quarantine part of protocol that the NFL has in place in the first place. Although that, I mean, we've joked about the protocols all season long because uh, the Browns, for example, played a game with zero wide receivers, um, and then Terry they lost in the most Browns way ever, where they have like a modicum of a chance to come back. And Baker Mayfield turns that it's it's fourth and one. Baker Mayfield turns his shoulder as he's doing the quarterback sneak, fumbles the ball, but the ball never hits the ground. It kind of goes backwards into the air, and is caught by Kareem Hunt, who then picks up the first down. But because it's ruled a fumble and not a lateral, um, the play you can't adv- the offense can't advance a fumble. What? Yeah, the in That's the in the uh, in the fourth quarter, in the last five minutes of the fourth quarter, uh, the offensive team can't advance their own fumble. What? Because or else you can fumble on purpose. So and then I know, but. That's a rule in the NFL, man. Because someone <laughs> did it whenever it was, and then they scored, yeah. and someone complained, and the rules committee put a rule in saying, "Okay, you can't win a game that way." That is by far. The dumbest rule I have ever heard in the NFL. No, dumbest rule. Dumbest rule in the NFL. Dumbest rule in the NFL is when 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 you fumble the ball into the end zone, and instead of the ball going to the one, it's a touchback for the other team. I don't. I, I, I will never understand that rule. I'll never understand it. It's that's the dumbest rule. There's By so the way, many... guys. Um, not 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 to go back on our previous conversation, but who do you think snitched out Haskins? Someone well, must have snitched on him. It was on, oh, he it was on Instagram or something, no? Oh, is that what it was? He snitched himself out. Uh, the uh, thing is, whether whether it was him or not, Haskins saw people taking the video. Like, you see him interacting with the camera in the video. Yeah. But, like, the worst thing about Haskins is the decision-making. Again, the decision-making yeah. on the field, terrible. Decision-making in the yeah. strip club. How do you let people take video of you if you're Dwayne Haskins? I thought, we were, buff- I th- I thought we were at the uh, 2020 butt fumble here. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 Dude, <laughs> he was not paying attention, and then <laughs> back into the previous conversation. It's good to be back. I don't, I don't, Duke just wants to go back to the strip club with Haskins. Yeah. So where does Haskins go now? I think people are saying Carolina, which is he's, weird because Ron Rivera no, just left Carolina. Gruden, um, Gruden is like super infatuated with him, so I feel like they're probably going to pick him up. Well, why would they pick him up? They have Mariota, no? Dude, they love picking up quarterbacks, man. They have like <laughs> they have a bunch on a practice squad. They have they must have like five five quarterbacks in rotation. Well, Gruden's a quarterback coach, right? And at his, at his core, I'll tell you one thing: uh, Gruden isn't a defensive coordinator. Um, oh my god! Because Rob Marinelli game, is the game on the line. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in to spell for Tua, who just wasn't getting it done. Um, then, while getting face masks, Fitzpatrick throws the ball to the sideline, which is typically covered uh, in yeah. a fourth quarter, no timeouts, time winding down situation. Instead, they play sort of like a you know a cloud two or cover two coverage, allowing for the sideline catch. Mac Hollins, that's right, Mac Hollins, because he's a starting receiver for the Dolphins right now. 
catches the ball, gets out of bounds, plus the 15 yards, and the Dolphins win against the, the Raiders. Pease wins the Brother Bowl. That's how it goes. Baby. I mean, I won't lie. Okay, so they get to the end zone. They, um, you know, they, they manage to keep only 19 seconds on the clock. I still don't know how they ended up doing that. That, that's, that. Just that was crazy on its own. But then as soon as they kicked off the ball with 19 seconds left, I turned to my wife and I'm like, they're going to lose this fucking game. Yeah, you can and smell she's, it. And she's like, yeah, I can smell it. I've known the Raiders <laughs> so long, and I know I can smell when they're about to fuck everything up. It's amazing. I should so, put that on my CV, to be honest. I didn't see the ending, and I, was just, I, was, I saw the first half, and I was just following on uh, the score. And uh, Derek Carr was in the red zone at one point for six minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Terrible, and he terrible threw, red he, zone offense. He threw it over the end zone, passed yeah. out of the end zone probably ten times. They got a fourth down, okay? Then <laughs> they get to the fourth down and like four on the on the three and they couldn't punch it in. It's just it's ug- it's so ugly to watch because they have so much talent across the board. And yeah. It, it's just really ugly to watch, and I really don't think Derek Carr is the problem. I no, just think it's it's the entire situation that they're going through right now. And and I hate to say this, but Mokan was right about John Gruden. I was like, give him a chance. He's like, no, he's gonna fuck this up. And yeah, to put it in perspective, well, Josh Jacobs slides at the one to not score and leave time on the clock for Miami right. to get it back, right? And they settle for the field yeah. goal. If they but score, Todd, that's Todd a very got, different game. Then Todd Gurley got buried earlier in the season for scoring. Too yeah, early, yeah. You know I mean? so like it, it's it's a lose lose situation. There's no good situation there. You want to put points on the board no matter what. To me, again, the most egregious thing that happened was that defensive call because we all know, like, oh, even yeah. in Madden, yeah. we know not to give up the sideline, right? Yeah, like, that's, it's, that's yeah. A, it's, it's funny because the commentators were sense. literally saying about how, oh, yeah, well, I bet Gruden's not going to call cover zero on this one. Ha ha, Jet yeah. slash Greg Williams, right? <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so it's, it, it is tough. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. That was, it, 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 was, it was a bizarre, bizarre ending. Um, I, I wasn't finished. The, 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 <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so it, it's been kind of a rough season in the sense that they had the they just came off from firing their defensive coordinator last week, and I always kind of thought Rod Marinelli is kind of a good defensive co- coordinator. You know, he not a great coach, but kind of a good defensive coordinator. It's a very very bizarre call at the end of the game. But that being said, I mean it's such a freak thing. I mean the fact that Fitz that Fitzpatrick was able to complete that pass, you know, just that it had to be the perfect situation. I mean it wasn't a great play call for sure, but. Um, I mean, it really was like all, all of the wrong things had to happen for them to lose that game, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, the Jets go ahead and they lose uh, any shot they had at getting uh, the number one overall pick, which, of course, makes me happy. I want them to keep winning now so that they keep Adam Gase and don't end up with a quarterback. I, as a Dolphins fan, nothing would make me happier. It would be the most je- the most just thing of all time. Apparently, though, there is talk that he's already been told internally he won't be back as head coach next year. Wow, really? that's crazy. Man. Yeah, I've actually, you know, well, actually, there's something else relating to this. Uh, we're going to touch on it in rapid fire, so I don't want to get on, on that now. Um, we're going to get to our interview in just one second. But before that, I want to give the boys an opportunity to laugh at me. Um, worst take <laughs> of all time. Was it Pease's take that I don't think Devontae Adams is a good receiver? It's it's just that uh, Aaron Rodgers is that good. No, I'm I'm wrong. After that Monday night game, I can definitely say I'm wrong. Dude in the snow is tearing 
up the field. Nonsense. I don't know why you thought he was a bad receiver. And not the bad receiver. I just think that we didn't have proof that he was a good one because that's how good Aaron Rodgers is. He, he, he can throw. And, like Robert Tanyan was a star for a second. Remember Robert Tanyan? But for a second, not yeah. for three seasons. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's just that like every other receiver that would leave the Packers, usually older to be fair, um, never really reached any success outside of – like what happened to Randall Cobb, right? So like Randall Cobb was a guy who clearly benefited from playing with Aaron Rodgers. But no, I was completely wrong when it came to Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, Ty Montgomery. Yeah, all these guys. All these guys were useless when they left. The thing is, is that they all left past their prime, though. Yeah, that is true. I just think we didn't have proof. We didn't have proof that they were great. Jordy Nelson passed his prime. Like, they all passed their prime. Yeah. We're going to talk to a super, super interesting guest. I've been very excited about this one. We're going to talk to Shangri-La Rendon. Um, Shangri-La is, is a Guinness World Record holder. This is the first time we've had um, awesome. a Guinness World Record holder on our show, which I think in turn puts us in the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah, are we in the Guinness Book of Records for, for interviewing our first Guinness Book of Records? Holder? I, I believe that's how that's, it works. That's yeah. not how they work. No, not at all. Not even okay, close. Okay, eagle, eagle, eagle. Shut the fuck up. Okay. Well, this is yeah, how it works. This is our only chance. This is our only chance. We this gotta is do it. Contact Guinness. Get us in that book. You have uh, till the end of it, to the uh, end of the day. How's that? Is it the same thing? Three hundred years to get us on um, in a Guinness Book of World Records. There's a weird thing happening with you two where I don't know if you're on a delay, but you're talking over each other. And it's just know, it's it's excellent, excellent stuff. All right, so interview it's, next. It's always frozen, so I can't tell. Interview next. Shut up. <laughs> Welcome back to our year-end review at Hot Sauce Sports. Uh, we take a moment now to talk to a very special guest. Uh, Shangri-La Rendon joins us at uh, an ungodly hour because she's in the, the West Coast uh, making all sorts of accommodations to be with us today. Um, she comes to us via... Uh, her coaching company, Feisty Fox Coaching. Uh, she is a Guinness Book World Records holder. We'll talk to her about that in a second. She's also uh, a co-author of uh, her story, which is called Million Dollar Story. And there's a upcoming documentary about her to be made. So we're excited to talk about all that. But we start in the one place we could. Early in the show, we talked about if we were fish, what fish would we would be? Uh, my brother and graphic artist uh, Duke, we decided it would be a red snapper because if he spends any time in the sun whatsoever, his skin gets super red. Um, I was a blowfish because of how much my weight will fluctuate in one year. Terry, you were a um, cod because I'm tasty and fluffy. Cod because you're tasty. And uh, Eagle, what were you? I was a bluefin tuna because I dominate the seas. Yeah, yeah but I, I'm technically a tuna. He just stole it before me. Well, but dominating the seas. But that's a tuna move, right? Tunas, don't, they don't let other people give them the sea. They take the sea. So, <laughs> Angela, uh, we, we obviously have, you know, a very important guest, and we want to waste your time completely by asking you what type of fish you consider yourself. It's funny you asked that question. I'm like, I was thinking about my favorite fish. So I wanted to say salmon, but then at the same time, you're going to ask me, like, why salmon? Um, it's just so yummy. But I think it would be much better to ask me if, like, what kind of dog would I be? All right. Okay. Well, honestly, I was thinking Simon, too, because you seem like the kind of person who swims upstream. upstream. You know, you got a lot of challenges and you, you push through them. I see that in you. 
but let's go ahead. What kind of dog? What kind of dog would you be? Well, I would say actually, I would be a pug. A pug, huh? They're pug cute. and a combination of a pit bull. <laughs> so Dave has Dave has a pug. Yeah, I totally do. I wish she was here. I would show you. Oh, you okay. do. If she comes back, I'll bring it. Okay. Yeah. So the we'll one get... time, the one time you're able to keep him out of the show, he is the time we could have used him, Duke. The one time we could have used him. Uh, so Shangalai, tell us a little bit uh, about why it is you have the Guinness uh, World Record, and um, you know how it is that that came about. Sure. Uh, well, the Guinness World Record was actually I achieved it uh, in 2015. And honestly, I did not plan for it. Okay. Another silence. <laughs> it just happened. <laughs> so, but, but, so what's what's the world record for? Sure. Uh, the the first Guinness World Record was the uh, fastest female to complete five Ironman in five consecutive days. So those people who may not know about Ironman, Ironman is uh, consists of two point four mile swim, okay, twelve mile bike, and a full marathon. And what I did, I was an underdog, actually. Just That's why I like a pug, a small one. Uh, I was an underdog, and I didn't plan for it. So what I did was that I did consecutive of five of that. Okay. In other words, I finished one, wake up another, uh, I woke up another day, and then finished another one. And what I wanted to do was just to finish and survive, because there's actually a hurricane at that time. It was in Mexico. And a lot okay. of things happened. But what happened is that uh, after a week, you know, so I, I finished it, I ended up being the only female to complete it. This one was an organized race in Mexico, and I was competing with the legends. These are the legends who I've been following online or even reading them on the book. So, so what I did, it was five Iron Man in five consecutive days. I had no idea that I made the world record at the time. I went back to work. After that five days, went back to work as an engineer. And then by the time Friday, I'm like, okay, what to do? I'm done with the race. And I did this research by like a week after. And that's the only time when I found out that I actually made the world record. I wasn't even sure. So I asked, I, I, I messaged my, uh, my coach and I asked, coach, look at this time. Did I just break the world record? And this was a week after I completed the race. And then he said, yes. So I'm like, I was like, whoa, I'm actually getting goosebumps. <laughs> because I did not know how to swim then. And then I was afraid of the open water. And I did not own a bike. So I didn't even know how to clip on clip. So I, like I said, I was an underdog. And that's why I said, like, I'm a, I was, you know, I see myself as a pug wearing a little one, but then trying to bark there with the big ones. And uh, so, yeah, so that was the uh, Guinness World Record. That was 2015. So you, you, you didn't know how to put on your clips. I got a, a bike this year for the first time, and I fell probably I 15 times. Yeah. How many times did you fall when you first put on your clips? You beat me, Terry. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, but I couldn't count it also. I, I know at least five. Yeah. And one of them was actually when I was riding at the mountain. And I'm like, I could just not pedal. And like, you know, I was like riding like, <laughs> I just fell off. So, yeah, I, I, I hear you. I, I still fell, you know, especially when I see a, another cyclist just falling. I kind of like, it's like a domino effect. I saw, uh, and then I... <laughs> so, so I what, the, the mistake that I make on my bike is that sometimes I'll unclip the wrong foot 
So yeah. I'll unclip my right foot and then I'll try to plant with my left and I'll fall left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It it's, but I, I got used to it after a while. It, it's it's fun. It's it's very different. And you can reach the difference between clips and no clips for those for those who, who want to bike is is nuts. It's absolutely nuts. It, it, it adds like 10 kilometers. It's you can go for much longer. You use your hips as opposed to your only your legs. It's it's, it's, it's pretty intense. It's pretty intense. Yeah. And actually, I think it's safer too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Safer, especially when you're actually stepping on it, because when not clip, you would slide. Like I mean, you say that, but then you guys also fell a bunch of times. Yeah. Oh, no, the first <laughs> time. <laughs> I fell. I honestly, I I fell like twice the first time I put them on, and then I fell on my first long ride. I fell another two times, but other than that, I, I never really fell. I somebody cut me off once, and I fell, but that's not my fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, that's the sort of the dangers of biking. Uh, Shangri-La, I want to ask. Um, it's a you have a very interesting name, and I want to know if it was a literary reference to the book Lost Horizon, or if there was another uh, reference point for your name, Shangri-La. Well, actually, yeah, I heard about the book, and then I know there's a movie too or documentary. It was uh, it was a name that was given by my parents. So basically, my dad gave a watch to my mom. Mm -hmm. And then my mom saw that there's a print Shangri-La. And then they were asking, like, hey, that's a great name. And then they look for the uh, definition of it. It's paradise. She looked like a paradise. <laughs> so, yes, that, that was that. And then that watch is actually with, uh, with my mom still. Oh, and it's cool. still working. <laughs> it's still working. That was, well, I'm 39 now. So it's still working since thir for 39. It's crazy. It's like you, the Energizer battery just keeps on going, man. You just yeah, keep on. Like Energizer. <laughs> P's, P's said before at the beginning of the show, he's like, at this ungodly hour, it's only 8 a.m. where you are. And you're probably been up for three hours by now. It's your afternoon for Shangri-La. I didn't know they make 8 a.m. <laughs> I thought it was only an 8 o'clock at night. That's funny you said that. I'm kind of guilty. Yeah, I wake up early. And yeah. uh, even my athletes would say, why are you awake? There's no race. <laughs> I... I, I Today I woke up at four thirty. And did you go? Did you go out running? Did you go biking today? I did. I'm you like did, I did. did. I'm just... <laughs> it's like a to me. It's more of like a meditation, <laughs> and then also it makes me feel good. And at the same time, I kind of use that as an excuse for me to sometimes either watch a movie or some things that I want to learn. You know, it motivates me. And then like. Yeah, so it makes me feel good. Yeah. Yeah, four thirty. I mean, I I don't think I'll ever wake up at four thirty to go for a run, but I've waken up at six and gone to play golf. If that's the same thing. Oh. Yeah, five thirty golf times. I, I don't mind. Yeah, but golf is an exercise. Uh, I, it isn't. That's the whole point. Yeah, that's what I, I was doing. Up, I woke up at like nine to play golf with Terry and be super late. Yeah, so. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, is it is it cold golf at that time? Well, no, right now we can't play. Oh, okay. Everything's closed. Yeah, but there's no... I mean, I wish. I would play. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah, I wish, I, but, uh, yeah so we, we don't get the Californian weather uh, up in Montreal, unfortunately. Um, Shangri-La, so you, your background, and you mentioned this, is actually in engineering. You went to UCLA, am I right? Yeah, I did. So I did UCI, uh, bachelor's electrical engineer, and then UCLA for a master's degree. So engineering also. UCI so how does right? it feel to not only be uh, the most athletic person in this chat, but also by far the smartest in, in this chat? Oh, I don't know about smartest, but <laughs> <laughs> I know there's a degree there. Um, how does it feel? 
it doesn't feel I'm still the same person. I don't <laughs> feel anything really. Um Nothing. UCI is uh, UC Irvine, right? Yeah, UC Irvine. Yes. You're from you're from uh, Orange County, or are you from uh, uh, LA? Los Angeles? I moved to uh, Orange County. To me, when I was growing up, it's more of like you know, my parents wants me to like get my degrees. It's the school. It's the, you know, get a lot of money. And my my parents are engineers, so I'm like, okay, what do I do? Maybe follow them, <laughs> and yeah. that's how I ended up. And, uh, yeah, as a female, you know, like, okay, I'm a female. I need to compete with men. And I need to show that I got something. And I thought I go to these universities and get my master's. Then, like, here you go. Accept me. So, <laughs> so you're just, how, how did you're that just... eventually turn into, a, like, a fitness uh, passion, oh, I guess? Oh, okay. Well, how did it turn? Well, I started off, honestly, I, I started off not really being athletic. So... You know, I just didn't want to gain weight. That's where I started off. And I only started 15 minutes running on a treadmill. And then when I saw, like, I was in the treadmill, you know, regular gym, I'm like, oh, my God, that girl is running 30 minutes. How does she do it? How does she do it? I'm like, okay, let me increase. Oh, my goodness, I'm doing 20. And that's where I started. And then, you know, I just went through, oh, my God. Oh, what is this one? A stair? Somebody, somebody touched the settings. It wasn't me. This God time. damn it. Which one of you does that every time? Are going to repeats now? <laughs> or like four repeats? I'm not no, ready can, for this one. It doesn't, change, it doesn't change anything for the production, so we can continue talking. Okay. <laughs> All right. I like it, though. There's two of me. Anyway, sorry. I got distracted. So, so when yeah. I when I get on a treadmill, I run for four seconds, and I'm like, I, I don't want to do this ever again. Oh, I bet. <laughs> I was like that, too. Um. Well, so I was just running, and then... But then it, I got into it more and actually running a full marathon because I wanted to recover from my past. So I was sexually assaulted at 24 years old. And that's where, in, okay, I, you know, I was trying to finish my degree and I wanted to have my, my time for myself. And that's how I started running. And then I started meeting crazy people doing a lot more. I'm like, oh, maybe I could do that. It's just like out of curiosity. And then, you know, like when I finish, I was doing the engineering. When I finished my master's degree, I'm like, okay, now what? I'm like always going for like, what's next? Or how can I be better at a certain field? And then when I get into it, I'm like, how can I, I see it more of like a project or like, I need, I want to be best. I want to be better at it. And that's when I, was I, I ended up studying it, getting a lot of certifications and, you know, people see it in my result. And that's where the coaching come, come into play. Um, I followed my passion, basically. I think it's like, or where I'm happy. Um, that's where I'm at right now. I find Should that people, I, sorry, go ahead, you, you go peace. I was okay, so I, Man, doing this, doing this show um, on Skype is not as easy as doing the studio. Shangri-La. Yeah. Um, um, you mentioned you mentioned a bit of your your past, and I want to say it's 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 uh, commendable, definitely, that you found um, sort of like a, a coping mechanism and in in, in, a, in a healthy one, an exercise. And so many people fall down uh, other paths, and and I believe uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you have a little bit in that in your history as well. So anyone who's dealing with that today, uh, what advice can you give them to go from uh, sort of some uh, more destructive? Uh, tendencies to, to turning that into into something uh, into like I said a more positive co coping mechanism. Sure, sure. Well, actually, it's, it was it took me a long time. I would say at least ten years, wherein I was living 
two two faces or I was showing two persona. One is the one that's self-destructive. I, you know, I had alcohol addiction, eating disorder, I had PTSD, depression. And then the other side is me of more of like, hey, I'm the best. I I, I got it all covered. I'm I have engineering, I have a master's degree, I manage people. So there's two personas. It took me 10 years, at least 10 years. But what I've done is um, I continue to tap on what I need prof- uh, in terms of professional help. So I had behavioral therapist, psychiatrist when I was sexually assaulted. Um, it took me a while to open up to a lot of people because of not trusting people. But I took advantage of at least one person that I can open up to. That would be definitely my mom. And I open up. So to those people who are actually, you know, in this low point or rock bottom, my suggestion is that I know it accept that it could take a while, but don't give up. Hang in there and at least open up with just even just one person, just one person, the closest person that you feel there's like a slight chance to trust. And to me, it was my mom. Yeah. It, well, it's, it's definitely it's tough. it's tough and it's it's good to it's good to to have somebody to talk to and if you oh yeah so mo- most people are too scared to just open up to anybody you know and it's it's always okay. good to if you if you can't open up to anybody you're going to internalize it and it's going to cause a lot more damage yeah. than what the actual event was you know? yeah and i think one of them is one of one of my uh one of my goals or not i didn't even know it was a goal but because of the what i've learned with the therapist or all my sessions with them is that I need to be happy. Then that was the time when I, after I, I was sexually assaulted, that was the time like, it's about me. Not on other people's like what they want for me. It's about like my happiness. So I started looking, okay, what am I, what makes me happy? My parents told me like, get a lot of money, get your degree. And I did that, but I wasn't happy. So I opened up like really little by little because I was scared too. So, but it was, it was hard. And, um, when I realized and learned of how to feel and not numb myself, wherein I allowed my emotions to come out and know more about Shangri-La, meaning I, I wanted to study Shangri-La. I want to love myself. So those are the things that, that has been important because until now, that's what I do. <laughs> There's a fog. <laughs> that's what I asked. So cute. So that was that's what I do. It's more of like, am I gonna be happy? And even like right now, you know, I have the project. You know, sometimes it gets hard, and you know, I'm like, okay, am I still happy? And if I'm not, do I do I really want to go through this one, or is there any other way that I can go through it wherein not sacrificing my happiness or what I what I'm passionate about? Are are these touched on at all in your in your book in the documentary? Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. It's cool, that, it's cool that you've had these avenues uh, to be able to um, to be able to sort of share your your story and to help other people. Uh, because look, we can tell that with your coaching, helping other people is very important. Uh, can you give us a tidbit about your book and then sure. a tidbit about your documentary? Sort of help us help you promote it so other people can learn and and yeah. benefit from your story. Definitely. Thank you, Peace. Uh, so, you know, the dream that I have is actually to have a voice. 
And that, that's why I started dreaming about having a book, which was five years ago. So now what I wanted to share to you guys is that this is the book, A Million Dollar Story. I've co-authored and actually <laughs> it's my first book that I, and I've co-authored it and it's, it became the best selling in Amazon and um, it's a million dollar story. And I, and then what, what's good about it for those who doesn't like reading, you know, who could fall asleep, probably there's also an audible or audiobook. It's available in Audible now too. It just got released uh, last uh, month. And the next thing is also you can you guys can visit me with my website. There's a one website is that feistyfoxcoaching.com that you mentioned peace. And then there's also shangrilarendon.com which is, you know, definitely that will have a lot of updates my social media. And then also the the next one is the documentary. So the documentary film that will come out next year which is actually in two days. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometime next year, um, that will have the story, more of the life story uh, of my past, how I did it, and also um, the Beyond Myself project that I just did recently, which is actually my second world record. We only completed that last December 2nd of this year. So it was October 30 to December 2nd. It was my second world record that I achieved not just on my own, but with a team of volunteers mm. while raising funds for for nonprofit organizations, empowering women, individuals uh, struggling still with PTSD, abuse, and underprivileged children. That's awesome. That's um, fantastic. I'm ordering the book right now on Amazon. Thank you. <laughs> can, you can you give us? Can you give us like a, a story, something that people can expect in the in the in the book or documentary? Sure. Um, so in the documentary film, it actually shows my life story of how I turned negativities into something positive. What I've been doing is that I, I, I told myself back in 2015 when I realized how blessed I am, I said, like, you know what? Yes, I can motivate. You can do this one, you know, but that's like everyone can, can say that to me. It's more of like showing it in action. So what I've done since 2015, after I did the world record, the Guinness World Record, is that I want to show to people that even though me, I want to be the living person to be the proof that even though me, who, who was abused as a child from five years old to 19 years old, someone who had suicidal ideation in my teen years, and I'm glad I'm alive still, and someone who had been diagnosed with PTSD at 24 years old after being sexually assaulted and not getting justice. Someone who had been in severe depression, alcohol addiction, eating disorder, someone who actually hated the world, like seriously, I hated the world. I was able to turn all those things into positive of who I am now. Someone who is actually very passionate of helping a lot of individuals and as of now, you know, like, I just really want to help people because I know how it felt. I still know how it felt back then when I was rock bottom, when I just didn't care about myself. I was, you know, like living, I was living in my car because I just didn't care about myself. And uh, I didn't care whether I, I'm dead next day. <laughs> but now that's not the case to me. No. You know, the way I see it, it's like, what can I do right now? So if I'm, if tomorrow is my end, like my end of life, I'll, I'll tell myself I live my life and I'm happy. 
and I did my best. So that's how I live right now. And that's yeah. why I, I'm so happy to be here with you guys because the more I speak and have the voice, the more I can help individuals. And, you know, it was one of the things that was hard for me to do, you know, before in the past, because, hey, even my parents didn't understand. You have master's degree in engineering. You have, you know, you are earning so much. You're very stable. Why are you living your, your career in engineering? Because I said, I want to help. I think mm -hmm. I can be of more of help and be the person I want to be if I'm coaching wherein I'm actually doing my own projects, just like what I did. How many people do you, are you coaching now? How many people do you have in your oh. program? <laughs> right now, it's actually, I have assistant coaches as well. So yeah, it actually, I have scaled about at least, I would just say at least 100. Oh, nice. 100. And it's not just in California. Mm -hmm. It's not just in California. It's uh, in and outside the United States, at least in triathlon and endurance sports. And what's great about it is because when I coach, it's more beyond than triathlon. I go into their mindset. And if I see, you know, subconsciously that they're doing something that they don't really want to do and they're doing it just because of achievement, I, I tell them straight up. I said, are you really going to be happy about it? You know, I'm, I'm looking more of the, you know, their life. <laughs> it's more of life coaching, honestly. I do yeah. more because I, I care so much. I of care course. so much. I just really want them to be happy as a person, not just as an athlete. Well, you've been well, there. You know what it's like, right? Yeah. Well, Shandra, it's, it's been it's been nice for you to share your story here. We're we're generally more of a, a comedic podcast, but once in a while, we, we we see a guest out there where we're we're like we just need to share this story because it's so impressive and because it can help so many people. Uh, so. You. We definitely want to thank you for coming on today, uh, for being our last guest of the year and uh, for leaving such a mark on the podcast because this was, this is was absolutely great. We look forward to talking to you again. Uh, remember, you. buy the book, watch the documentary, follow Shangri-La, and <laughs> if you're uh, in the LA uh, area and beyond, uh, Feisty yeah. Fox Coaching. Message uh, me. You find her. Yeah. I'll be in California. So, you know, <laughs> Enjoy. I would love to meet anyone who came out here, especially you guys. Well, as soon as we can, as soon as we can travel again, it'd be it'd be great. It'd be we great. have an intern. He lives in California. Yeah, so actually, we, yeah. we sent him there. All right. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Shangri-La. Have a great day. Thank you. An awesome chat with Shangri-La Rendon, where we had to uh, hold back from our normal comedic selves. It was look once in a while we like to talk to. Uh, people who may have a uh, more serious take on on life and and just to remind us sort of that there's balance. Um, more than anything, we like to talk to interesting people, and Shangri-La was very interesting. So super happy she decided to waste some of her very valuable time with us. Uh, guys, 2020 has been a tough year. Um, it's been a terrible year, and so everyone at the end of the year does sort of 2020 in review, and they talk about the best of this and best of that. We got some terrible lists of 2020. Uh, Duke wasn't here for pre-show, so just so you know, Duke, there's going to be some sound and imaging you can't hear. Eagle will tell us when to start talking again. That's it. Uh, like now? No, not now. now. Okay. I can talk now, though, if you want. We don't want. Right, let's talk now. <laughs> um, Who wants doing? to start? Okay, I'll start. So I noticed, this is what I noticed. I noticed that a lot of the streaming services, they just took advantage of the fact that everybody's home all the time and they just put out anything. And when mm -hmm. I mean anything, I mean anything. There is the absolute worst TV shows and worst movies on Netflix and on Crave and whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And I will say, okay, 
I might I might get some heat for this. Have you guys seen the movie Hush? I haven't no, seen the episode. Okay, it starts off okay. Premise decent. The movie is awful. And if anybody says it's good, they can suck my asshole. That's one of them. Okay. Two, Christmas movies. We don't need any more. Especially those Hallmark what? ones, like the this one called Night Before Christmas that I watched with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It's like K N I G H T. Yeah, yeah. Eagle, you know what I'm talking about, I guess. Yes. Is it? It's basically it's a teleporting night bullshit or whatever it is where they stole the plot from that 1995 movie essentially, where it's like a night in New York or something. It's a futuristic medieval Christmas movie. What the fuck are we talking about? So the one there was two that came to mind as soon as you said that two terrible streaming things that happened this year. Uh, one was early, early in the pandemic, because Tiger King was great. It was funny. We all had a laugh. It became a, a sensation. But then they they tried to like double down and like let's make even more money from this. And Joel yeah. McHale interviewed the random people on Zoom, and it was just like Joel McHale signed up for a payday. Like he, yeah, for he sure. did not want to be there. Nobody wanted to be there. Nobody wanted to watch it. it no, was the thing is, awful. Joel McHale pitched that idea. Well, because he wanted money. Well, <laughs> no I know, he's like, I think we need to follow up with these cut with these people. I was so bad. He, he was, was on. He was on a podcast. He was on. He was on part of my take, and he said it. And he was like, Yeah, we. I want. I was curious to know, so I reached out to Netflix and I said, Listen, why don't we just do this? And they're like, Sure, do it. And he did. <laughs> but he 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 a million kept dollars later. different people the same questions, and and yeah. they were just getting the same answers basically from the same pe- from different people. But Easiest million dollar he'll ever made. The other one, in relating to Christmas movies, Terry, you know, my wife and I, we're big on Christmas movies. We're big on Christmas. We're big on any holiday. We love celebrating. Uh, around this time of year, we watch a lot of Christmas movies. My wife is a huge Dolly Parton fan. And there is a Christmas musical that came out on Netflix called Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. It is the, the most giant turd you've ever seen in your life. Terry, think of the biggest shit you've ever taken. Now add 80 times more shit because that's how bad this movie was. Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. So would you say it would make her quit her nine to five? Uh, dude, like... Oh, God. I wish, <laughs> I wish I could see that the humor in this movie was better than that. That would have been the best joke in that movie. It's, it's a musical with no premise. There's like a villain who's just trying to take over this Christmas town for no reason. Is Dolly Parton the villain? No, no, no. She's kind of like the... The useful angel type character who saves the day. We didn't get to the ending because I watch every movie to the ending. I even watched Justice League to the end, which was garbage. Um, <laughs> and I couldn't get past the first 20 minutes of this movie. So that's but, the thing is that if the movie is that bad, I would like to be a villain in all Christmas movies. You know, like in every Christmas movie you see me, you know I'm the villain. Like I want to be that guy. Like an Alan Rickman type. Hans I don't know. Right. Who's Alan Rickman? Snape? Professor Snape? Come on, Terry. Professor Snape? Yes, that's who he is, not Hans Gruber. He's Hans Gruber. He's Hans Gruber first and Snape second. Uh, My 2020 worst of when it comes to movies is actually Disney Plus as a whole service. They actually launched November 2019 right in time to monetize for the whole pandemic. Not sure if they really planned it that way, but that's kind of what happened. And then they got smart about it. They're like, hey, you know what we can do? Instead of charging $8.99 a month or $90 for the year for this service, why don't we charge $35 to watch Mulan, a remake of a movie where they take out the whole point of the dragon, which makes it awesome. So (laughs) fuck you, Disney for trying to milk your customers for everything they're worth. Stop trying to kill oh. kids at your park. 
Also, they did they did a weird thing coming out with the Disney Plus app, which you know there's the Mandalorian, there's some good stuff on there. But they did it before they had all the licenses back from their own movies. Like they still had a lot of this stuff on Netflix and on and on uh, Amazon Prime and all these other services. So like when you when I first got it, if it wasn't for Mandalorian, there wasn't a reason to keep Disney Plus because everything was already still everywhere. Now it's getting better as they're getting access to their own library, which is a weird thing to to not see coming. But uh, yeah, it's getting better. But man, I, I agree with Eags. Like the first year of it was kind of rough as compared to like uh, Prime and and and, and Netflix. Um, so on my end, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of really bad stuff out there right now. Like Terry said, I mean, especially with streaming nowadays, there's um, there's just so much, right? But I think there's one there was one TV show that was really the worst. Okay, and I'll just preface it with this. Um, I love Steve Carell. I think he's a great actor. I've loved him in The Office. Anything he's in, any movie he's in, is great. But fucking Space Force, man, are you serious? I think it was that bad. I think I think it was it was so it was so bad. It was like cringe. Like you I'm, know what it is? I'm with you. There Duke. were moments that were good, but in general, it was the most cringe-worthy type show. You know, I remember I think, getting I think the, the cringe was the idea, though. Honestly, I think yeah. they were just playing it, and, and people expect it was kind of marketed as The Office in space, but it wasn't that. It was. It was a different type of show completely. I thought I thought it was okay. Yeah. I, it's not because my favorite show. I, I I thought again, if you watch Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square, you'll you'll you'd rather watch Space Force a thousand times. I just um, didn't get what the comedy was for. It, it felt like it was comedy that was for people that maybe liked Veep, but also like The Office, but are also boomers. It, the whole thing felt like crickets the whole time. Yeah. I, I don't the, think I laughed like once. The concept and the like, teaser like that they yeah. did a long time ago, I loved. And then I saw the actual trailer when they launched it. I'm like, this looks terrible. I'm not watching this. <laughs> it was, it was yeah. better than the trailer. It, it, and honestly, you, you needed to get past the first couple episodes because all Greg Daniels shows are like that where they, they change over time. And it, yeah. it was okay. It was okay. Um, my my terrible list for 2020 is, you know, everyone was bragging about the DIYs and the cool stuff they did at home in the pandemic. Like, oh, I learned how to make this cake. And I was curious about you guys for the stuff you tried at home that really didn't work out. Like, what was it that missed the mark for you guys? Terry, I, I'll go for about, it like, first. Sorry, Terry. I, go, go, go. No, no, no. I'm actually trying to think about it. So you, you go for it. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start. Um. You know, you guys know I'm I'm a pretty good cook, so a lot of the cooking stuff was easy for me, and then trying different ideas, and yeah, it was cool. And my wife got to try some stuff that I never cooked before, I hadn't cooked for her before, so she she liked it. Did some woodwork in terms of restaining some furniture, that was okay. Um, I also suck at doing very simple home stuff, so I was like, you know what, I'm gonna learn how to do some of the stuff. So I I install I changed some of the light switches and. And power in the power outlets in my house. To this day, I have a light that's been on in my backyard since the beginning of the pandemic, because I rewired it. And now, if I turn it off, if I turn off that light, it turns off my wine fridge and my beer keg. But the light, the light remains on. So I need to keep that switch on to keep the fridges on. But now I have this like floodlight in my yard, which is on <laughs> twenty four hours a day. Eventually, your light's like, gonna burn out. Oh, dude, I was hoping that that would happen. No, this light's like meant to run for years, as it turns out. And and like my mother-in-law, who lives with us in the basement apartment, she's uh, she's freaking out because it's it's like right over where her bedroom is, and 
<laughs> I've I've been saying I'm gonna try and figure out how to fix this. I can't. I don't know what why to do. You, why don't, don't you turn off turn off the switch, take out the light bulb, and then turn it back on? Um, that's, yeah, that's actually that's not, not bad, bad. Terry. For for that's the first time I heard anything smart come out of your mouth. <laughs> uh, in order to do that, though, I need to buy a ladder because I don't own ladder. Um, so I think I'm just gonna have Eagle come and take care of that. Yeah, Eagle, just climb the wall. The other the other thing was uh, my wife. I saw some YouTube video where it was like, hey, we can make our own laundry detergent. And I was like, sure, why not? We're home. <laughs> so I bought all these products. And then like after after like buying all the products it takes to make your own laundry detergent, I turned to her and I said, and we, this is before we even made it. And it was fine. It worked okay. Um, I turned to her and said, you know, this costs 90 times more <laughs> than like the laundry detergent. Like the, I don't even understand how they're able to make it for so cheap. We're never doing this again. What are what are the what are the ingredients? Oh soap. my god, I don't know, man. A bunch of different soaps and 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 sm and smelling agents and cleaning agents and rinses and and like it, it ends up why? being like that's why they do it. They make stuff. it easy for us. I know, I know. They did they it were, themselves. She saw it. She saw it on on uh, Pinterest, which is the bane of every man's existence if you're married. Pinterest is the worst. Um, she saw it on Pinterest. We did it. It was terrible. So DIY Pretty for me means you do it yourself like i'm pointing at you yes. not me yeah. i'm not doing shit so what did you do terry that um didn't work out uh a diy mm -hmm. uh, okay actually i was like i went we went apple picking okay that's we apple, oh yeah so we went to apple picking. i was like you know what i'm gonna make fucking jam okay i'm gonna make i'm gonna make the sickest apple jam it's gonna be world renowned i'm gonna give it to everybody whatever i have a bag of Apples I bring back. Probably about 50 of them. Those mm -hmm. apples are still in my fridge. They're not good anymore. No, absolutely not. <laughs> and I went apple picking in, I want to say, October? Early yeah. October? So yeah, that's my that's my do-it-yourself project of the, of the year. For, for me, I was trying to use the time to do more creative things. So normally I'm very boxy and squaresy. Uh, Ironically, the windows right now are boxes and squares, but that's beside the point. But anyway, so I wanted to do something more creative. So I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy like those little miniature figurines and everything that I always do like my role-playing game with, and I'm going to paint them. I'm going to start making little things. So I bought a six-pack of goblins. These goblins are not even an inch tall, okay? They're super tiny. And then I'm like, I'm going to get the paint for it. So I got a whole bunch of different paints to actually do it, and I got a paintbrush, a nice one. And I've been staring at them for the past few months <laughs> because I'm so intimidated to start. Because I'm like, what do I do first? Like, what, what do I start with? How much paint do I have to put? Is the paintbrush too small? Where do I do this? What colors do I want where? And I've, I've literally psyched myself out from even starting the project. Oh, Eags, Eags, you're going to appreciate this. I have had for the last seven years a 3D version of uh, Settlers of Catan. All I need to do is paint it. Oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. It's been unpainted for seven years now. What do you mean 3D it. version? It was done with a 3D printer, so the different, so like the different hexagons have different uh, textures. So like, um, planes are flat, the mountains are tall, and everything. So there's, the a, there's a topology. The only, topology? The only time topology? I've ever played uh, uh, angulation. The nope. only, the only time I've played Settlers of Catan was at your old condo. Yeah, and I didn't like it. Yes, yeah, uh, listen, it's not for everyone. Some of us it's are just, It's just a shitty version of Risk. That's the way no, I see no. it. Risk is a boring version of everything. Well, not the uh, one I have. I have um, the Game of Thrones version. 
pretty fucking. I, I have a pretty, I have a pretty epic uh, story actually. If you want to talk about DIY, um, okay. So a bit of a backstory. Um, I used to have a functional passenger mirror on my car. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> due to a circumstance, uh, uh, the car I won't say who was driving, but um, backed up the car, hit the mirror on the guard on the garbage can, and broke right. So um, I've been trying to figure out a way to do this, uh, you know, in, in a way where I don't have to pay a thousand dollars at a at a dealership. So one morning I had this brilliant idea to go outside with uh, with duct tape and with a rope. Um, about a half hour later, I was totally unsuccessful at trying to tape it together with rope. And uh, my neighbor, um, who always has something smart to say, he's like, uh, "Hey, uh, looks like you're having some problems there." You think? And I and like. Yeah, and it, nothing was working. I mean, it was cold. So the duct tape wasn't working. I tried using rope, uh, and 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 you know what? It's still broken. I still don't know what to do. What's what's your worst of list, uh, Duke? Okay, so I thought it would be would be good to go with like because there's a lot of there's a lot of them, but worst sports moment of 2020. Yes. Um, I'm gonna start with mine because I think it's pretty epic. Novak Djokovic. Do you guys remember what happened? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, where he like was angry, hit the ball behind him, and oh, yeah. the, uh, the 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 back the back judge like had this huge fit and was uh, pretending like she had a heart attack. You know, like, well, she got nailed in the throat, but she, yeah, she she, she, over, she overreacted for sure. She did. The, the worst sports, definitely guilty, you know. The reason why it's a bad sports moment, I agree with you, is because he he got disqualified from the game because of it. Yeah. yeah. Like, Absolutely. take a point away, I don't know. But the guy's the number one in the world. People are watching for him. But I guess rules are rules. Hey, my, uh, uh, my favorite sports moment or worst sports yeah, moment worst. of 2020 is Game 4 World Series, Rays-Dodgers. Uh, single to center field, I guess right field, bobbled, thrown in. Dropped by the catcher trying to make the tag on a runner who himself had tripped and tried to make his way back and then dives in for the run to win the game at the yeah. end there. Comedy of errors literally in the World Series. My, mine's the yeah. other side of that spectrum. Um, I, just as soon as you said uh, we're sports moment, the, the only thing I can think of was the death of Kobe Bryant. Um, yeah. It's but crazy I mean, that go with that happened Roger, this man. year. It feels like it happened like eight years ago at this point just because of how many things that happened. But... Um, I'm not one who's particularly touched by celebrity death. Uh, you know, these are people and, and they mean more to their families generally than they mean uh, to us. Uh, but for some reason, the Kobe Bryant death really, really did affect me. Um, I think it's just seeing someone pass at that age who has a young family and someone who's been tied to sort of, I mean, just by virtue of his athleticism to, to feel immortal and to be to be taken at such a young age was was just I think hard for a lot of people to, to deal with. Seems you, like uh, it was you so got a long ago. One there. Yeah, you got it seems a like it, example there. Seems like it was so long ago. Uh, worst sports moment. Worst sports moment for me. Fuck, there has been a lot of them for sure. So many bad ones. But like, I mean, the, Dallas hired Mike McCarthy, right? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. There's also Tiger Woods. Uh, Tiger Woods on the twelfth on the twelfth hole. Oh, hitting a 10. Like yeah, that's 10 pretty shots. bad. You guys remember that three, the Masters? Three, yeah. Three shots in the wall. I think that one for me, because it was the first Masters where I really where I really started watching. At least the first Masters I actually watched. Like I, I used to watch the highlights and stuff. But now because I'm I'm, I'm into golf this year, I, st- I watched the Masters. And um, when I saw Tiger go three times in the water, one, 
I thought that I was just as good as Tiger because I probably would have done the same thing. Two, it normalized him a bit. And I was like, the fact that he came back and he parred or birdied every single hole after that was even crazier to me. And it was it was it was weird to see such a legend pull a Terry Tam, you know. Also, recently <laughs> in F1, uh, Romain Grosjean hit a wall and almost yeah. died in a fiery explosion in the Bahrain Grand Prix. That's also another lovely one from the year. Uh, my worst of for 2020 is actually watching other people fail at taking care of themselves in the simplest way, which is feeding yourself. Because obviously, restaurants were closed for a lot of people. Um, they decided, kind of what Pizzo was saying, do it yourself, but much more, I'm going to learn how to cook. And we all know learning how to cook is not very easy when you don't have anyone to teach you. So I'm <laughs> sure we've all seen people do bad things. I have an example here. So a new trend became sending your cooking videos to Gordon Ramsay, who will then criticize you for what you're doing. So here's the steak. Steak. Oh, no, really? So you should seize it first before you put it in a cage. Oh my god, it looks like my grandma's hip replacement. What are you doing? No, come on, how'd you color a steak in a cage? Seriously, come on, man. Stop playing Connect 4 with your bloody steak. What the frick? You don't poke it first. So that's just an example of Gordon Ramsay giving a guy shit for putting a steak in a cage and doing the ordering all wrong, where he's like, you season it first, not beforehand, oh, you don't poke it like that, this and that, you donkey, the usual stuff. So I wanted to know, not you guys specifically, but any people you know that have tried their hand at cooking that you've seen, like, either Instagram stories or Twitter posts or Facebook, everything, or just videos you've seen on YouTube, and you say, wow, they must I, suck at this. I saw somebody post, I don't know if it was from this year or not, but it was, I'm pretty sure it was, it was a girl. She posted a picture, and she's like, "I can't wait to try this medium rare chicken." And she cooked the chicken oh. medium rare. Nice, smart move. Oh. Um, I made a sandwich yesterday that was legit just a piece of white bread and a slice of cheese in it, and I felt really depressed after that's, because that's I was a like, cheese sandwich right there. It's a cheese sandwich right there. Not Add even some tomatoes. Not even toasted. Add some tomatoes and a little bit of mayonnaise. You got yourself just a fucking sick. Nothing sandwich. in there. Or I, just, I just felt that's empty inside. Firefest, man. Firefest style sandwich. It's great. It's By the way, guys, um, it's funny. We, you know, we're talking about worst sports moments. We totally missed the worst one of them all was Rudy Gobert touching all of the microphones and then getting COVID, <laughs> and then shutting down the NBA. And then, like they they didn't know they didn't know back then like what to do with COVID, so they just burnt the microphones. Um, I see I see a lot of stuff, Eagle. Like when it comes to the cooking stuff, like just because again I do know how to cook, so people are like oh. Check out the super easy thing to do. And I'm just like, yeah, what did you think? It was fucking magic. Like you take the ingredients, you do what you're supposed to do to them, and then it's cooked. It's it's as simple as that. I did have one one thing though, because I, I I'm usually like really big on research, making sure I do it properly. Um, we you know, uh, gnocchi is a is an Italian pasta that in, incorporates potato into the dough. And we've done it with butter, butternut squash, a whole bunch of other starches. My wife and I decided we're gonna do it with yuca. What the Woof. fuck is a yuca? Woof. A yuca is it's like a potato-y it's it's eaten in South America. They use it like fries and, and it's a vegetable that resembles a potato. It's okay. a Mexican potato. Mexican but potato. the texture is not at all the same. And when you boil it, it instantly disintegrates and becomes a pile of mush. So that night we had mush and sage butter. <laughs> sage butter was mush. <laughs> oh now we um, know. That's, and that that's, was 2020 year in review.
There we go. Um, That's pretty good. So that leads us to rapid fire. It's our last one of the year. Eagle, set us up. All right. Wide-eyed Adam Gaze has now been rumored not only to lose his job with the Jet, but actually move in their division to a potential coaching candidate for the New England Patriots quarterbacking position because that's what he's good at. How does get jobs? How does he, how does, what has this guy ever done as a quarterback coach? Can I know? He coached Peyton Manning, who needs no coaching, and won right. Jay Cutler. That's yeah, he ruined Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler used to be fun. Jay he Cutler ruined Ryan Tannehill. Cool. Ruined Sam Darnold. He ruined that. He definitely ruined Ryan Tannehill. Because look at what Tannehill's doing now with yeah. Mike Rabel, defensive-minded Mike Rabel as the head coach. He's d- wrecking that division. I just don't get it, man. He must have the most sex tapes on all the co- all the owners. <laughs> Is it no, just, I don't think it's he coaches like safety and, and coaches are, are like desperate to not turn the ball over. Is that I what guess. that is? Because like yeah, nothing he does is exciting. Everything happens within three yards of the line of scrimmage and it's boring. Yeah. It's so awful. To I, will, I will agree with Terry though. It would be a lot more fun if he had sex tapes on everyone. I, I, oh, if that was the case, which sex tape would you want to watch? Hmm. Uh, oh, the owner of the, the Ravens. John Elway's. John, I want to see what he does with that chin. Oh, he's got a huge head. The owner of the Ravens, what's his name? Um, oh, fuck, Eagle produce producer the name for me. Anyway, he's Ravens a good look- yeah, he's Biscotti, a Biscotti. He's a Steve good Biscotti, looking, yeah. He's a good looking gentleman. I, well, I know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna stick with Elway because I want to see if he's as hung as his horse face would let you think. Al Davis, because nobody has a haircut mm-hmm. like that and doesn't have a massive he's fucking dead. horn. You're talking about Mark face. Davis. Uh, Mark, Davis. Mark Davis. Actually, has that Davis. I want to watch that one. A vintage <laughs> Al Davis sex tape. A post-mortem Al Davis sex tape. But nobody has Amazing. nobody has a haircut like Mark Davis and doesn't have a massive horn in his pants. 100%. I mean, it's going to be easy. Robert Kraft and Dan Snyder are already on video. Next, lights, Kamara yes. action. Alvin Kamara scored six touchdowns last week. It feels like, by the way, now since we're all in our finals of fantasy, all the players knew it was the last week and fucking stepped up their game. Like, I don't know about you yeah. guys, but my team dominated 100%. this week. Uh, well, but yeah, so I he want... scored... Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so he scored six touchdowns. The only person preventing him from scoring a seventh was Taysom Hill, the greedy bastard. Piece of shit. Yeah, I was. I, it was funny because, uh, by the way, the first ever a hot sauce sports fantasy football champion, Pete Delores. Um, I had Alvin Kamara on my Balls. team. I, it was so fun to win that championship on Friday night. There's never even a, a football game on a Friday. I won on Christmas on Friday night. Um, so what's your- I remember I remember texting John because I, I was up against John uh, Eamon and I texted him. I said, uh, hey, man, what the fuck? I got vultured by Taysom Hill <laughs> and he was so mad. <laughs> what's your what's your uh, what's your your chararity then? We're going to have to donate to your charity. Uh, so it's going to be uh, Alzheimer's. I'm sending it up. I actually I sent the message. You, this morning. You guys are so lucky I didn't win because I would have probably just pocketed the money. You know, you know who I had this week? I had Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, and Mike Evans combined for a total of 125 points. That's nuts. Wow. That's actually bananas. It would have been useful if you didn't come in like sixth place. Yeah. Seventh. But whatever. I beat Mo, so it's fine. Uh, Cheese Cowboys. After beating Miami, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State, wow. Oklahoma. Uh, coach Mike Gundy was covered in Cheez Its after the game. Would you rather be covered in Cheez Its or Gatorade as the winning celebration for the coach? Wait, Cheez-Its, no cheese. No, I mean, Cheez-Its. Eggs, we're all a bunch of fat fucks. We're going to choose food any day. <laughs> How awful would it be them. if You're being they like, dumped... flooded with them. 
A cheese is a cheese cracker, Terry. They're yeah, dry. I know, but I thought he, I thought he meant cheese whiz. I'm like, how awful would it be if you dumped cheese whiz all over? That would be, gross. be awesome. That'd be gross. That sounds delicious, man. I won't lie. It would take um, four years. Put to that get in out a sandwich, a little tomato. Oh, oh yeah. I, wipe it right off. I actually discovered cheeses for the first time this year. This what? summer, I went to a chalet um, with my uh, my godson and his parents. And they, they they always keep a stash of, of Cheez-Its around because it's one thing that shuts them up. Um, and there was a couple nights. There was a couple nights where my friend was like, yo, the kid's crying. Cheez-Its time. And they went over to find an empty box because peas had smashed an entire box of Cheez-Its because that shit's delicious. There's not an ounce of actual food in them. But holy shit, that stuff's amazing. So you 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 ate the, the whole box of Cheez-Its that they were, that they were saving for the kid? Worst, God, worst Godfather ever. Yeah, yeah, I, I need to do the worst of 2020 list. <laughs> Next, hell of a wrister. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks are having a pretty bad week. First, they announced that Jonathan Taves isn't going to be back with an unspecified injury. Uh, all the best wishes for COVID. his return. But then, nope, not COVID. But then next, COVID. Kirby Doc suffers a wrist injury, and some of the pictures that are coming out about it are uh, pretty bad. This is where I give a warning for anyone who doesn't like looking at pictures of stuff, because that's that a fucked up that, wrist if I ever saw. The Russians injured. What? Uh, no, they didn't play against the Russians. Is that the guy the that the Russians injured? They didn't play against the Russians. Okay, there was this dude that... Oh, no, it's not him. This I is Kirby Doc. Doc. He, 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 plays, he, he plays for Canada. He's the captain for Canada. Yeah, he yeah, was, yeah. He, the, the filthy Russians. Oh, yeah, it was it was in the preseason. You're right. Yeah, it was in the preseason. He got checked into the boards, and then people thought that he kind of cut his hand or something because he took his glove off right away. No, but that terrible. is... That's disgusting. And this guy played full season in the NHL last year, so he didn't have to. He didn't have to is play. But broken, he's like, it's a broken wrist, right? Broken nah, it's like completely yeah, he's, broken. Yeah, he's out four to five months. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a wrist injury once, and I got a I got a an X ray of my of my wrist. Have you guys ever seen what a wrist looks like in an X ray? Yes. It's like eight separate little balls. Yeah. I don't know. It it looks so delicate. I don't know how we're not breaking our wrists at all time. Like when you masturbate, how does your wrist stay in place? Because it looks so flimsy. Even your ankle is the same thing. It's all these little tiny interconnecting yeah. things and you're like, how does this work? Yeah. And like it your ankles especially it supports all of your weight. So like how how are Terry and I standing at any point? Oh I have no more ligaments in my ankles. Like they're finished. Yeah, me neither. My ankles yeah. are finished. Yeah. We know this already. But yeah. yeah. And... That, that was my thing with seeing that wrist I was like yeah, makes sense because honestly, it looks like someone breathed on it. Last one, bad Santa in real life. Uh, police have shut down a Christmas mall kiosk after after an intoxicated Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus, and the helpful elf decided to have a threesome in public. Not exactly nice. spreading the Christmas spirit as you would expect, but the kids loved it. It's like, first of all, they look like they're related. Oh, they are for sure related. For sure related. Ego, if you can get the picture up. Yeah, let me try and get it. Like, you don't look that way without fucking your cousin. Exactly. And it's like, pick a time and place. <laughs> they did. They it's did. That is worked up. Middle of the day. Uh, whatever mall it was. My question was, is it in? was it in the middle of, like, the lineup? or And they decided no, to just go bottom? The reason why the cops were called is that parents noticed what was happening and called oh. the cops. Because they were in line waiting. So, A, kudos to Santa because he lasted long enough for the line to be to, to, to notice. Uh, being a drunk mall Santa kind of feels like a rite of passage. And I love this picture because the elf looks legitimately shocked. He's like, I can't believe I'm involved in this. 
I can't believe my yeah. dad and my mom the, the quote me. The quote in the article is amazing. It's, Miss Claus was sitting on Santa's lap, moaning and groaning while he had his pants down and while he, we waited in line. <laughs> the elf started also, masturbating under his trousers and fondled Mrs. Claus' breasts as well as French-kissed Santa Claus at the same time. <laughs> so instead of scrolling through our chat to try and find the link to this article, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get it on Google. And I Googled Santa Elf Threesome. And let me tell you, the results were not what I was expecting. You should have put Santa yeah. bangs wife while son blows mom. I will That's, say since starting, the show, since starting the show, I don't want anyone to ever look through our Google search history because the amount of weirdness we've had to research since we started the show is nonsense. It's, it, it's, she it's she legit has herpes, right? Like her lips are full of herpes. Perhaps is that is that the problem, Duke? <laughs> That's the problem. It's kind and, of it's kind of, it's kind of like uh, the people are like making a big deal about Haskins being in a strip club. Without a mask on, like really, that's 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 that the problem, yeah. you know. Um, Boys, that's how we're gonna end our rapid fire of 2020. Thank you all for a wonderful year. Thank you to everyone who's been on the show since the beginning, and uh, let's have a fun 2021, shall we? It can't get worse. Uh, boys, thank you for everything. Um, again, troubling and difficult year for us uh, technically as well as personally. Uh, this hasn't been easy for anyone. Uh, so for those of, of you who uh, have uh, supported us, uh, thank you for that because um, it really, really was heartwarming to see people flocking to us uh, during the pandemic and a time that was difficult for a lot of podcasts and and, and, and uh, web pages. We actually saw a, a period of growth and, and we're just really happy to get all your support. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you to our sponsors for sticking with us during this time. Uh, thank you to all of you who, who continue to support us in every way that you do. Uh, for me and Duke, we've had the opportunity to work with our dad, uh, who writes Pops' picks in a way um, that uh, we've never fire, by the way. worked yeah. with him before. Um, we got, I get to spend time with you guys. Who, you know, I love you guys. It's been it's been awesome. Uh, getting to meet John, Alex, the intern, who, who put in uh, countless hours to, to make our site better. Uh, for those who have projects that are in the wings waiting for us uh, to start in the new year. Uh, we're very excited for all of that. So thank you. If you have not done it yet uh, and, and you do feel uh, so inclined, please do uh, subscribe to the show. It's how uh, we continue to do what we do. So thank you for those who have and for those who haven't. If you're so inclined, please do so. Guys, good luck this coming year. Uh, we will we will definitely chat. Uh, we will be too drunk to be doing so, but we'll do it anyway. Uh, Happy New Year! Like, watch, subscribe. Um, Eagle, play the thing that I never know You've how to introduce. Been listening to Hot Sauce Sports. Bye. Bye. <laughs>